Hi there. We're going to listen to what is going on with the U.S. dollar or rat by Billy Carson. We're talking serious oh. income. And the way that they do that. You don't, don't need a real estate license. Don't need a license. Don't need credit. Don't need I have chosen to take on the most powerful enemy out there, the puppet masters. A lot of the people from my following that have uh, been able to uh, join forces with him and become students of him, and he's done a, a great, great job teaching them as well. And so tonight, as you can see, the title is, What is Going On With The U.S. Dollar? And it's, it's going to be a forbidden rant, but we're ranting a little bit tonight because... You know, a lot of people have been sending me messages, DMs. I've been getting so many emails. We're, like, getting overloaded with so many messages about the U.S. dollar. Is the U.S. dollar going to collapse? There's a lot of fear out there as to what's happening, what's going on, because you see that China is convincing other countries to apparently back away from the U.S. dollar. There's some countries in Africa that are backing away from the U.S. dollar. Russia, obviously, uh, is not going to come back to the U.S. dollar. And so we have the situation where what happens if everyone begins to back off from, from the U.S. dollar? What's going to happen to the dollar? Are we going to be knocked into a third world situation with the dollar? Or what do you think they're going to pivot to? So that's one of the reasons why not only am I going to rant on this, but I also want to have Gaben because he's an expert on the U.S. economy, in my personal opinion. Uh, he's not a financial advisor. But uh, let me tell you something. He's got some great, great insights. So, Gaben, what, what is your personal opinion on what's going on right now? Yeah, man. I mean, we've got we've got so many moving parts that it's just wild. Um, and and I'm sure, you know, you've never seen anything like this. I think you're you're a few years older than me. Uh, no. Not not by much, but I think you and I kind of been in that generation where we've seen we've seen a lot and nothing like this. Um, you know, one of the things I have been studying is the history of economics, uh, modern economics. Um, and when I say modern, I, I say, you know, probably going back even to the 1600s, um, where we had kind of this, this fiat currency boom, even though that's not where it started. But when you take a look at the rise and fall of empires, we're starting to see how that happens, that how that's happening real time right now in the United States. And I don't, you know, while I don't think it's going to happen, boom, just like that overnight, um, I think it's it's definitely happening, and it and it's kind of the death by a thousand cuts right now, and uh, and the cuts are coming very rapidly. So yeah. You know what one of the things you and i have been talking about is like hey let's get on and kind of go through the different scenarios right like what 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 does it look like if china takes over what does it look like if the u.s remains in power uh what and, and in my opinion and my my favorite tool economic tool is is crypto because it's decentralized in nature and, and that's one of the things we're i'm going to rant about tonight right Okay. Yeah, definitely. And so what's interesting is, you know, the more I, you know, I really like to dig into the mainstream news because obviously it's a lot of propaganda and a lot of hype and you have to really sort through a lot of this stuff. You know what I'm saying? 
so sometimes I tap into foreign news to see what's being said about America because uh, it's is it also propaganda? Yeah, but a lot of the times I find that some of the foreign news give you a slightly more accurate depiction of what might be going on with the situation. For example, I remember all the way back when Obama was president, uh, him and Hillary Clinton started a private war in Sudan. And this private war used U.S. tax dollars, and they actually took the Sudanese people and moved them off their own land because they had resources on that land and put them out in the desert where they actually starved to death. 250,000 men, women, and children starved to death. You will never see that on a U.S. TV mainstream news station that Obama and Hillary Clinton funded a private war with U.S. tax dollars and then put private corporations on their land and profiteered from that. But when you go to foreign land, like foreign news like Al Jazeera and so forth, I was able to find out a lot of information. Not only that, actual clippings from the news, which I use in several posts to educate people on what was going on. But again, that's just one example of how you over here, you hear, you know, mums the word, you hear a slight peep here, a slight peep there. But when you go to a foreign news station, a lot of the times you get the full story. Uh, so but what, what are your opinions as to what's going on with all these other countries you know, backing off the U.S. dollar. I mean, they're pissed, man. They're pissed yeah. at the U.S. Like, you know, it, the problem is, is that the U.S. has really weaponized the dollar. And, and I think that's the real issue here is that it's like, you know, if you don't listen to us, you know, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll sanction the hell out of you or we'll, or we'll like yeah. what they did with Russia. It was like 600 and some billion dollars that they just pulled overnight as soon as they attacked uh ukraine right and, you know like look i'm not i'm not for any type of war at all but i remember being like vehemently against the united states going to um iraq and and invading and they you know they killed some like four hundred thousand people in iraq you know mm -hmm. and and i'm sitting here going like man nobody was there to go, we're going to sanction the United States, or maybe some countries did, but it really didn't do anything. Right. And so now what's happening is a lot of these countries are like, no, we're not going to stand for this. And this is, this is what's happened with the BRICS nation, the BRICS uh, um, coalition that they have set up, which is, uh, what is it? Brazil, um, India, uh, Russia, South America, South Africa, and uh, and China, yeah. and all of these countries are like, we don't we don't need the United States anymore, you know. And 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 now what's happened is like, look at Saudi Arabia, right? Saudi Arabia, the world's yeah. largest oil producer, is starting to go. Wait a second, we want to also be able to sell oil in Chinese yuan, and and well. And, and look, and this is where like, you actually kind of have to dig through the bullshit because there is a lot of, um, there is a lot of like Russian Chinese propaganda. All right, let's like, yeah. let's, what would you do if you knew a heart attack was coming? Joe Barton here, and if you're over 40, check your chest for these two heart attack early warning signs that I'm gonna show you right now in this video. I'll also show you a top doctor's discovery that predicts heart attacks from home before it's too late and a simple at-home Harvard heart artery trick that can boost your heart's blood flow like a jump start on a dead battery. Now, 
You're smart enough to know that when you have heart issues, your chest should be one of your main concerns to check every day. But what most people don't realize is that clogged arteries are the number one reason for double bypass surgeries, heart transplants, and even heart fatalities. And these clogged arteries shrink blood vessels and block your body from getting oxygen and nutrient-filled blood flow to where you need it most, which ultimately sacrifices your health even further. And since heart disease is known as the number one silent killer, many folks with arterial plaque and blood flow issues do not know that they're at a major risk of a fatal attack before it's too late. That's why one in five people pass away too soon from deadly heart attacks every single year. And if this sounds like something you're worried about, I just put a brand new video up that shows you how to clear your arteries and help to prevent strokes, high blood pressure, and heart attacks in as little as 28 days. But as I said earlier, there are two things that you can check for right now. The first thing I need you to check is to see if you can hold your breath for 60 seconds. Now, the average person is supposed to be able to hold their breath for up to two minutes comfortably, but a person with a heart condition has a hard time doing this because heart problems can cause blood flow issues throughout your entire body, including your lungs. So try holding your breath while I tell you more. The second thing to check for is chest pressure. Do you ever get this pain right above your gut? You feel like it's indigestion or trapped gas. Well, maybe not. Did you know that minor chest pains are a clear sign of heart problems? That's because the arteries are clogged and they're having difficulty pumping through your chest and midsection. And it hurts. And sometimes it feels like a dull pain. And sometimes even like there's pressure. Now, that is the second thing to check for. And if that sounds like something you experience, well, don't worry. Like I said, I just posted a free video that teaches you how to, first of all, clear up those arteries, which are the main causes of all these problems. And on top of that, when you get to that free video by clicking the Watch Now button below, you're also going to see how world-renowned doctor, Dr. Scott Saunders, teaches you a simple at-home Harvard Heart Artery trick that can boost your heart's blood flow in as little as 28 days. And lastly, you're going to see one food that you should be eating every day. In fact, I would eat it twice a day if I were you to help clear out your arteries and keep them squeaky clean for good. All while helping you have great heart blood pressure and heart health into your 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond. So just click the Watch Now button below and I'll see you there. sounded more and more geriatric every time we start the show. Um, uh, hey, if y'all want to join the uh, Y'all Nation, head over to 76forever.com. Uh, we got a Y'all gear over there. Um, you know, every now and then, I like to remind you guys that uh, we really do need you to go over to where podcasts are offered and leave a rating and a good review. You don't have to leave a good review, but leave a five-star rating. That, I think we deserve. I mean, we put in the work for that. With the review, you can say anything you want to say. 
and uh, I encourage you to do it. Um, so I, I, every now and then I'll go over to Chartable.com and, I, and I'll take a look. I got one here from uh, uh, Kings seven four one five A two. I really went all out on that uh, username there. Um, good show, Cowboy. Five stars. If the Blaze throws you away, I'm done with the Blaze. Carry cloud around here, dude. You should use that for record uh, for your contract negotiations. Be like, look, guys, he's leaving. Yeah, I think that if that I took that to the executives upstairs, they'd probably be like, we're willing to let that subscriber go. <laughs> <laughs> with all the crap we put up with you, Chad. Ah, uh, ah, uh, logic still exists from uh, Chris Hayes, eighty-nine. Uh, love the is five stars. <laughs> love the chalkboard episode. We need more complex critical thinking and debate in this country. Thank you. Uh, uh, app KO exclamation point, I think. Uh, uh, excellent. Five stars. Chad shows the best, and Chad's pads really work better than all other brands. Gotta admit, that's the truth. Go to chadpads.com. Um, the uh, awesome five stars. This is from uh, Reverend Sauce 87. Chad, I'm pretty sure if people think I've lost my mind, I'm emptying garbage. And I'm dying of laughter, and the podcast in my ears. I'm 100% positive. People think I'm telling myself some good jokes. Love it. And uh, Chad, you're an unsightly woman. This is uh, from Kelly Kinney. Uh, five stars, though. I saw the Chad Pad clip on YouTube before I listened to the whole podcast. Oh, my God. And side note, with Biden not being able to climb stairs, uh, when are they going to put a uh, stair lift on the jet stairs for him? Elder abuse. Um, clearly a coordination and strength issue, which is, let me get the whole thing. Uh, which is a very clear sign of dementia, but why do I laugh every time he eats it on the stairs? <laughs> he doesn't fall down him, he falls up him, which is crazy. Uh, things we didn't get to this week. First of all, tomorrow night I'm in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Come see me. Next Wednesday night I'm in the Woodlands at Dosey Doe. Next Friday night I'm going to be in uh, Hockley, Texas, Roadhouse 20. Uh, 20. Got a few places we're going, add more dates this year. And, um, to uh, chadpratherlive.com. Uh, in this, I wish I could read this, Chris. You gave me this deal from the FBI. And the top of it is just hilarious right here. This domestic terrorism reference guide. I, we, I, something about that just strikes me as off. We talked about that on the Tuesday episode where we talked about how, like, my name is an extremist, you know, dog whistle. I think the phrase dog whistle is an extremist phrase. Um, but based, red pill, Chad, Stacy, um, look, all these things, LARPing, uh, you know, this is um, voluntary celibate violent extremism. <laughs> uh, I mean, weird phrases though, like, uh, like, just be first. And, um, you know, I, what, it's over. I like these phrases. It's so weird. Um, ascension. Term used to describe an incel leaving incel status by gaining sexual or romantic attention. So you're an incel, which is involuntary celibate. You can't get laid. Suddenly you get laid. And so ascension means that you've... You grew up, I guess. And that's a big betrayal in the incel community. So being, like, 
it's considered basically the biggest betrayal you can have is getting laid in that community. Getting laid? Yeah, you get exiled immediately. <laughs> if he is a friend. <laughs> yeah, you know he's been a good friend here's, of mine. Here's the next word. Femoid. It's a term used to dehumanize females or women uh, that is not a virgin. Is not a virgin. That's our typo, by the way. That's not the FBI's. We just want to make sure everybody knows. I wasn't going to point the typo out. Simoid. What's the last word? A roasty? Yeah, roasty. Roasty. That one is... Is that a way of saying a girl's hot? No, that one is... Imagine a roasty. Oh, like there Arby's. Meats. The meat curtains are hanging out. Very. Yeah. Very. Yeah. She's a roasty. Dude, that's how stupid I am. There was a, I, I read through a deal on our, on our deal here. Leave that one up. There, there was a deal on our reviews as I was reading. It says, how dare you guys say that y'all don't know what happened with Steven Crowder that you didn't, uh, well, me and Sarah don't, we didn't, we don't care. Why it's not that we don't bring... know what happened with Steven Crowder and we don't know all the nuances of it, but we're, we're just naive enough to be wise and to keep our nose out of other people's business. You know what I'm saying? So that's between Stephen and whoever his deals are. Stephen doesn't know my contract deal either. So that's the way it is. We don't sit around in a in a group think trying to figure out, you know, what each other's contract is. So I say all that to say I'm more naive than you think. I didn't know what the F a roasty was. But I'll use that term from now on. <laughs> She's a roasty. Um, which I don't know how you would know that, but um, unless you've seen it. All right, give me another one, Chris. Put another one up there. This is the FBI, by the way. Pop some more of these suckers up there. All right. All right. I, I kind of threw a curveball at you. Um, what is that? M-G-T-O-W? It's a MGTOW. MGTOW. Yeah. Read it. Read it off. It's an acronym for Men Going Their Own Way, which is, yeah, it's part of the incel community. Just dudes who decided they've had enough of women because they won't sleep with them. So, So, therefore, they should go their own way. Do they do they just like decide to remain celibate for the rest of their life? Uh, or or do they like screw this? So. I'm gonna do dudes. Uh, I look. I think I've said this a lot. I think this community would should at least try to be gay, literally. Yeah. See what's up. It's obviously striking out the other way. So why not give it a go? But you don't want to waste a good erection. Exactly. I mean, at some point in time, you have to ask the question. Like I've known men. I just honest. God's truth. I've known men who have chosen to be celibate their entire life. They're not priests or anything like that. They just, they don't want to be married and they don't want to be in a relationship. And I'm like, okay, bro, what are you doing with it? Where are you sticking it? What are you doing with it? Because the dude's doing something. Yeah. But you got to have, you got to have a real vow going on with yourself. So <clears throat> I hear what you're saying about that. Why don't y'all just try gay? Why not? I'm just trying to give them solutions. You can be so a trisexual. Angry. Yeah. Try anything. Try Look, chickens, I know, try I know mud. it's not supposed to be a choice, but I think it could be. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. could be. Um, this whole incel community, the fact that you got... Like, I was watching the Basketball National Championship Monday. It was a week ago. Uh, UConn versus San Diego State. And I was watching some of the guys that were in the stands. Like, inevitably, you always have those guys that have a lot of school spirit. You know what I mean? And they're always next to a bunch of girls, and they're just, oh, Like, that's kind of what I picture when I see the whole incel community of just these nerdy dudes that, like, they'll saddle up close to these girls, and the girls know they're safe. They're not going to make a move or anything. 
Um, just the definition of kind of a beta male. Am I am I naive on that? It's like these guys so, are they literally just choosing we're not having sex? Well, they're not choosing. It's being chosen. nobody wants to screw them. Yeah, exactly. They're losers. But they the don't. They're that, not chads. Yeah, the things that separates them is they don't actually have any friends. Okay. Yeah, they're not. They're so socially inept. It's like uh, is John Doyle if he had absolutely no ability to interact with real people, and he doesn't okay. have a huge ability to do that. But if he had absolutely no ability to do that, yeah. that's pretty much who these, who yeah, these guys John are. Yeah, John Doyle's an interesting cat. Yeah. That's an interesting cat right there. Uh, and and I love John. But but John John has some ability to interact. It's weird. <laughs> it's very weird. But, um, and I can say that, uh, John, my funniest John story, like, like John, uh, wanted to get me a gift for my birthday. That's not even my funniest John story. And I was like, why did he want to get me a gift for my birthday? And so he got me like these refrigerator magnets. I was like, okay. <laughs> he did. They're in my dressing room in there. They've never made it to the refrigerator. Thank you, John. And then there was this time he thought he pissed me off. And he went and bought me this really expensive bottle of tequila. And he, and he, and he asked, he, I, he didn't piss me off. I, I was fine. I, I didn't know he had done really anything. And he thought he had made me mad for some reason. I, I just, by and large, don't get upset with people. Um, but yeah, he went and bought me this really expensive bottle of tequila. And uh, I was like, bro, I didn't even know you were old enough to buy alcohol. So anyway, um, <clears throat> but you know, that's the perks, man. When you're a Chad like me, the incels buy you expensive liquors. Now, really, if you do imagine, like, you at 25, that is literally who they're talking about yeah. as a Chad. Chad, yeah. yeah. College athlete, they go, yeah. it's, it's Chad's, and then Stacy's. My favorite thing is they say Stacy's only bang black dudes. All right. That's a huge one in their community. Every chick is only sleeping with black dudes. That's why they won't sleep with the losers. All right. It's a fascinating community. It, it's, it's, it sounds... Yeah, I'm gonna leave them with it. Is what I'm gonna do. What's what's that one? That's the Stacy. Read it. Yeah. So Stacy is a female version of a Chad. It's an idealized version of a female. Very successful at uh, gaining sexual and romantic attention from men. Known a few Stacys. Um. Uh, one was. <laughs> No, that was Stacy with a Y. Ah. <laughs> see, see that. Listen, I'm Gen X, right? Y'all didn't get into these stupid spellings of names for, you know, for a while. Like Stacy, we were, we were, we were pre-Britney phase when I was a teenager. So that's when, you know, if Stacy was a, with an I, it always had a heart for the, for the, you know, the dot over the I. Um, you know, she, she could put a circle or a heart over the I. Um, this was before there were 19 different ways to spell Britney. We were still pretty vanilla in the way we, we, you know, like now my, my, my schoolmates that were black, they were reasonably progressive. I mean, it was still Vern and Bernard and, and Mario, but, but now the girls were getting kind of like Aquatina. I had a, I had you know, a they, were, they were stretching the boundaries on the syllabolic, uh, you I know. had a Lyft driver the other day whose name, and this is the blackest name I think I've ever seen. Her name was Latwila. Latwila. Yeah, L A W P W Y L A. All right. Yeah, that was a first for me. 
That's a lot. It's a lot of consonants. Yeah. Going on. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but that, that, when I was coming along, that was before the names started getting really crazy. And I'm talking about white people names. Because, you know, people started getting creative. Like now, when somebody comes to me and they bring a copy of my book, Am I Crazy? What you need to get. They come to me in the show and they're like, well, after, after one of my live shows, they're like, will you sign it? And I was like, who do you want me to sign it to? And they'll say, Stacy. This is a perfect example because it does happen. I'm like, okay, how do you want me to spell it? Like you would think it would just be S-T-A-C-Y. But no, 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 no. No, now there's now there's half a dozen variations of that. Stacy with two eyes, you know. So again, Bernard with an F. I, I don't know how all that works, but parents are creative. All right, ah, uh, it's going to be one of those episodes, isn't it? Ah, uh, guys, it's hard to trust anything or anyone these days, and our institutions are systematically being destroyed. So you can't trust them. I hope that you're prepared for the worst. If not, uh, I hope you know that true freedom comes from being self-reliant. And that means having a solid supply of emergency food on hand. And right now, my Patriot Supply is running that killer deal one more time where they knock the $200 off their popular three-month emergency food kit. I want you to go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Get their special price before it ends. Now, your three-month emergency food kit is going to give you over 2,000 calories a day. This is survival food, but it's delicious food. It really is. And when you get it, I want you to prepare some of it and, and, and learn how to cook it, how to how to prepare it. Um, and you'll find that it is delicious food, and your whole family's going to love it. They might not know they're in Armageddon. How about that? That's great. The kids ain't complaining about the apocalypse because they got something to eat with breakfast, lunch, dinners, drinks, snacks. And you're going to be glad you got it on hand if a food shortage hits. And it will hit at some point. So I want you to go... <coughs> to MyPatriotSupply.com. Save that $200 on each kit that your family needs. And, and make sure you get at least one kit per person in your family. Don't don't leave the fourth kit out or anything. All right? Give a kit. Don't put off your pre preparedness any longer. I want you to go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Do it right now. Get free shipping as well. And uh, it's going to come in in discreet boxes so your neighbors won't know you're getting it. Hurry before it's too late. Get the deal. MyPatriotSupply.com. We'll be right back. lost steve dace this week i don't know if y'all saw that i did i actually was very concerned i was gonna come into work this morning and the flag was gonna be at half mass no kidding dude uh back on uh what was it monday night amy dace she took over steve's um twitter and uh steve's okay he's all right but he he had developed a respiratory infection and woke up with a lot of pain and they took him to an urgent care clinic and put him on a strong antibiotic and um and um, didn't work. I think they wound up like that evening. They wound up in the emergency room. His body completely shut down. Shakes, chills, all that stuff. Tons of pain. He got disoriented. Amy actually said uh, Tuesday morning said he was talking like off the top of his head, like he just blabbering about, you know. And uh, which not like Steve at all. So anyway, uh, he says he's feeling better. He says he's sore from all the you know the aches and pains that went from it. But so anyway. His first sick day, he took it off on Tuesday. First sick day he in should, uh, what, five years, according to Steve. He should 1,000% work that into the marketing for Nefarious. Man, don't ever make a movie about demons, The bro. demons try to take him out. 
They try to cut, they try to cut the man. And that's why you got to go see Nefarious April Fourteenth. Yeah. <laughs> Steve told me some crazy stories about. <clears throat> you know, Wade and I, we 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 traveled all over the world, and we saw a lot of demonic harassment in places. Um, I've seen it here in America, but you know, my eyes were really open to a spiritual reality in certain places, particularly Africa, West Africa. And uh, never forget calling a friend of mine. I was telling Steve Dace this story a while back. Called a friend of mine who was a seminary uh, schoolmate of mine. And I was telling him, I said, man, we saw some crazy stuff with kind of demonic manifestations in these people. And I mean, children, right? You start seeing like two-year-olds with a demonic manifestation. A two-year-old ain't going to fake that. It was some weird stuff. Weird stuff. And I never forget my my classmate. He said, um, "Yeah, they got that stuff over there, don't they?" <laughs> I was like, "Well, I mean, technically, you know, Satan's gone worldwide. I don't know if you've heard or not, but uh, this uh, you start delving into exposing that nature of the spiritual world, and you're going to have some stuff." And Steve Steve was telling me about a lot of the uh, weird manifestations and things that happened. On the shooting of that, um, you know, they had someone come in and pray and bless that set every single day that they were shooting the the nefarious movie. So, and I've had a lot of people who said, "Well, we don't want to go see it because we don't like seeing horror movies." It's not a horror movie. It's not a horror movie at all. It's 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 a thriller. It's a conversation between two two men, and ninety percent of the movie is a conversation that takes place in one room. Nobody's going to jump out and stab you with a knife or any of that crazy stuff, because I don't like that crap either. Um, I'm not a big fan of the gore, and I've seen too much of it in real life, and I don't really like seeing it in the, in the theaters. But um, yeah, go see it. I, go see it. It's coming out uh, uh, tomorrow night. I want you to go see it. And you might have to drive a little ways. Some people are driving an hour, two hours to get over there to the theater to see it. And uh, I, I think it's worth it. I think you need to take your family to see it as well. Right, careful with the kids. I'm not. I'm not advocating for that. It is an R rating, but I mean, you know, cousins, uncles, aunts, that kind of thing. All right. Joe Biden. Speaking of demons, um, he's going to run. So he's going to run in 2024. We've heard him allude to that um, before, but we we've got a got a weird little clip of him making that announcement. Uh, you got that pulled up? Play. It. I was just wondering, uh, uh, Mr. President, uh, will you be uh, taking part in the Easter egg rolls uh, after planning on after 2024? Well, I plan on uh, at least three or four more Easter egg rolls. At least three or four more. Maybe, maybe five. Maybe five. <laughs> maybe maybe six. So, what the hell? Are you, are you saying that, uh, that you would be uh, taking part in uh, our upcoming election in 2024? Well, I'll either, so either, either roll an egg or, or being the, the, you know, the guy who's pushed them out. Come on, help a, help a brother out. Make no, some news no, for no, me. No. I, well, I, I plan on running now, but we're not prepared to announce it yet. Plan on running, but we're not prepared to announce it yet. Who's we? <laughs> Who is we? Why does Joe keep dealing with his handlers? You know, like, I'm going to get in trouble if I say this. Oh, they're going to get me for saying this. I always, I can, you know, you have that little um, ability to see the gorilla in the mist. You know, you kind of can make out the form. And, you, and so it's like trying to figure out what Joe's trying to say is like trying to figure out you got to look through the white noise that's happening in his brain. Oh, I'll, I'll either be the guy who's uh, uh, rolling them out or I'll be the guy that's pushing them out. So what he's trying to say there, if I have to interpret Joe's attempt at humor, 
is he'll either be the guy uh, hosting the uh, Easter egg deal at the White House, or he'll have laid an egg because his election did not go the way he hoped. Um, <clears throat> I think that's what Joe's trying to say. It should not have to be a Joe Biden apologist. I mean, no one, nobody should have to try to figure that out. And Al Roker, wow. Okay. Uh, we did not, we never got to, um, I don't want to talk about the Dalai Lama sucking my tongue anymore. Um, let's go back to this uh, Bud Light thing. Oh, you're going to beat that, you're going to beat that horse to death. No, I, no. I, I will continue to do it. Um, let's go back there. They're VP of marketing strategy. Um, she, uh, she actually looks a lot like a he. I don't know if y'all have seen the video or not. What? Come on, Kayla. This stage in the game, I'm asking damn questions. I want to see, I need to know about all of them now. See, y'all didn't freak me out on this pronoun thing. You can ask for the facial structure too. Like you do with Sarah I'm gonna analyze it because if Sarah Gonzalez can be mistaken for a man, then nobody's nobody, no woman's innocent. So They're anyway, making people suspicious of everyone. Yeah, but she held a little Zoom call interview and she told why they did this thing with the Dylan Mulvaney deal on for Bud Light. And here's what she had to say. Play it. I'm a businesswoman. I had a really clear job to do man, when man. I took over Bud Light, and it was. This brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like, we mm -hmm. need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. And my, what I brought to that was a belief in, okay, what is, what, do, what does evolve and elevate mean? It means yeah. inclusivity. It what? means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm -hmm. And representation is at sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty kind of really? out of touch humor really? and it was really important <laughs> that we had another approach okay uh, pull a pull a still clip back up of her please pull a still clip up now i know you think i'm gonna ask if she's a man i'm not I, my question is i'm gonna get on as a brand strategist <clears throat> as a vp of marketing i've got a kid's drawing behind me specifically one of a rainbow does anybody else notice these things but me? Like, does anybody else? We, we know what your agenda is, sister. That's fine. That's fine. Except you want to elevate. And you say, you know, that this whole elevating is about inclusivity. Who has been keeping anyone from drinking that beer? Who? Who has been telling you regardless of your gender persuasion, your pronoun preference, or your sexual orientation, who out there has told you that you cannot be included in the beer drinking game? You can be, you know, well, it's about fratty and, you know, what, unevolved humor, you know, kind of stuff that we needed to get away from. Says who? I've always liked Bud Light's marketing strategies. I like Real Men of Genius. I always thought that was great. I thought the damn frogs were great, Bud, Bud, Zer. I thought they were great. 
when I was when we, when my kids were little, they could do the whole. Uh, uh, you remember that? My oldest daughter can still to this day do the watching the game, having a bud. True, true. I mean, the whole thing. It was stupid. It was stupid, but it worked. I mean, Anheuser Bush. I mean, Budweiser was the king of beers, right? Now, maybe that's a little misogynistic. You've got to suddenly be the queen of beers. I mean, maybe we knock off the king superlative and make this a little more effeminate. But wow. I mean, you straight up put a queen on the bud can. Uh, I'm just saying this whole elevate and all this. Uh, it's, uh, what does that say? That says inclusivity. Nobody was excluding you. I don't think. Anybody can drink a Budweiser. Now no one is. No one is. When I went to the day, when I went to the nefarious premiere last week, nobody was drinking Budweiser. I was at the lake. I went to Canyon Lake this past week. We were down at the campsite. I went over to a Brookshire Brothers grocery store, and uh, I was going to buy some uh, buy some stuff. And uh, CJ's brother-in-law, he said, "Pick me up a, a, some beer." And so I went over to where the beer section was. And bro, I'm not lying to you guys. I'm not lying. I wish I'd have taken a picture of it. The Bud Light section stacked to the ceiling. The rest of the beer picked over. I mean, the, the, you know how they pack it up? You know how they stack it? These big ominous towers of beer that catch your eye as soon as you walk in the door? There was literally one 12-pack of Bud Light gone from the tower. Do you think this will be the, the first brand where the backlash actually changes anything? Nope. Oh, it'd be, that'd be fine. Because that's all I see this is like, they know they're burning money. Yeah. They have to. Here's the deal. I'm going to go a little longer and we'll get to the thing, uh, to the break. But here's the deal. These companies, they know that if they go woke, the power players out there with the true money behind them are going to support them through their agenda and their failures. So they can try all of these marketing things, and they may shit the absolute bed, but they know they're going to get bailed out. And give it a little time, you kick it under the rug, it goes right back to it. And in, you know, a couple of months, people are back to ordering a Bud Light. Now, I will say this, Brandon. I will say this. This one hits different. This one hits different. Um, they may, I take that back. I don't want to be so flippant and say no. They're going to be okay, but I think they are going to feel it. There's the, the rank and file out there. The people that are occupying the infield at Talladega just are not going to be drinking Bud Light. Just not. Um, and I've heard people, their comments, especially when we did that song that went viral earlier this week, I've heard people who say, you know, I've been drinking Bud Light for 30 years. Never again. Never again. And I, I tend to believe those people. I tend to believe them. All right, what are we talking about? Uh, relief factor. I didn't take it at the beginning of the show. It's because I took it this morning. Um, everybody deals with the pain from time to time, and it's uh, one of the few guarantees in life that you have, along with death and taxes. You don't have to put up with the pain, folks. You don't have to move forward living with it, and uh, I promise you it doesn't have to dominate your life. The inflammation that you have, it absolutely ruins your life. It steals the joy you get out of life, and it makes you get a lot older a lot faster than you should. So... Uh, you know how awful it can be. Well, it doesn't have to be that way. Relief factor is a great way to reduce that pain, which is mostly caused by that inflammation in your joints. 
Take it as directed. It could absolutely change your life. It changed mine. It's not a drug, but it's developed by doctors that reduces inflammation in your body. 70% of the people who take it keep ordering it because it works. So if you're living with pain, try the three-week quick start. It's only $19.95. It's a trial pack, and you can go to relieffactor.com, or you give them a call. Talk to them on the phone. 800, the number four, relief. But head over to relieffactor.com. Make it a part of your everyday. We'll be right back. I will still attempt wax eloquent. Uh, an expert on leading your best life once said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. He said it. And uh, while that tempest of wisdom contained in the teapot of verbal economy has come to us down through the ages across oh so many generations of human beings repeating it, I think we still often don't realize what it means. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, we'll circle back to that. But uh, let us consider a couple of terms that have wedged themselves into a zeitgeist that seems to have itself turned around and wedged into the door of our collective generational psyches. In short, that zeitgeist just won't zeitgeist off. Now, here's, here are the terms. Self-esteem and self-worth. Think about those two things. Self-esteem and self-worth. They're two sides of a same psychologically puerile game that we've been playing with ourselves for decades in this country. And if you think for one second that I didn't notice that I've said loving yourself and playing your, with yourself in the same monologue, you, well, you don't get up as early in the morning as I do. <laughs> anyway, to break it down simply, self-worth is how you really feel about yourself. Self-esteem is how you deal with how you really feel about yourself. Now, on the self-worth end, you might feel like a hapless, hopeless, useless, brainless, piss-poor example of a human being who never should have been released off the factory floor, much less released into the open market of humanity. But that's where your self-esteem kicks in. You see, a while back, the eggheads of our society determined that you needed to create a version of yourself that not only lived in your head as the shining example of the person you wish you were, but also as the projection you would shine out to the rest of the world. So as a result, we adopted this notion and have carried on with this self-esteem driving our presentation of self to the world and to our own psyches ever since then. Now, if this sounds a little familiar to you for comfort, don't worry. Pretty much all of us battle with this in some form or another throughout our lives. Most of us never get any better. So if you're making progress, you should be happy. And how, oh, how do we begin to make that progress? Well, pretty much every other spiritual upgrade available to us as human beings, we look to the feet of the master. That's right. Love yourself as you love your neighbor. What does that mean? Well, try reversing the statement and it becomes a little bit clearer. If you understand actual love as it is lived in a verb sense and not felt in an adjective sense, then when I tell you to love your neighbor, you get it. You take that person for everything he or she is and everything he or she can be and you do as our Lord did. And you die to yourself for them. You help them carry the burden of being human. You walk down the road with them in spirit of helpfulness. In short, you love them. You love them. It doesn't mean you ignore the fact that they're flawed. And it doesn't mean you enable them to do wrong or harmful things. Love can be tough. At the end of the day, it all comes from the same place. And that place is rooted in a genuine desire to see them both attain and do good things in the world. Now that you've narrowed down and more clearly defined that beam of love, aim it at yourself. Yeah, yeah, turn it around towards you. Let it drive away 
Self-worth and self-esteem, those concepts can only take you so far in life, and they fall short of the glory of God, who, as we will all remember, is love. And with that, I'm just going to say, you can now close your Bible. See, that's the whole thing. We, we esteem ourselves way too highly. You know, so, somebody says, you know, something bad about you, you get offended. Well, there are things you've said bad about yourself internally for a long time. You can say that about yourself, but you can't let somebody else do it. And you see, that's your internal yourself. You've been telling yourself that you're no good, you don't have any worth. That's a bad thing. But yet to the world, you're trying to esteem yourself highly. Somebody else says something bad that agrees with your lack of self-worth, and suddenly your self-esteem takes over, and you become, you know, offended. That's where offense comes from. Because you've esteemed your opinion, you've esteemed your way of life, your viewpoint, your paradigm, your worldview, anything, your attitude. You've esteemed how you feel today higher than anybody else, right? And, uh, and when it doesn't go that way, well, then you get offended by that. You gotta stop all that stuff. You gotta stop all that stuff. Start esteeming others more highly than yourself. And I guarantee you that whole love factor starts to take over. It's hard. People are hard to love these days. I don't know if y'all know that or not. Chris. I'm not saying be Dalai Lama and say suck my tongue kind of thing. Um and and I mean like there's these people, like there's this trans activist that had this solution for aborted babies. You got that clip? I'm throwing y'all curveballs here. All right, now try to love this person. Go ahead, I dare you. I'm in the dumpster dive behind these god abortion clinics. Take those god mushy little gum bear looking and eat them right in front of you. I'm gonna blend them into a smoothie, eat them right in front of you. I'm gonna be eating these little babies and what are they gonna do? Cry to God about it. What's <laughs> God gonna do? Strike me down with a lightning bolt like this? And don't you love how I tell you to love other people and then throw that curveball at you? Just, just challenge you right off the bat. So, how do I deal with somebody like that? Well, I think that if if you're ever given the opportunity, you you speak the truth in love. Uh, you're not going to win that person over by arguing with them. Uh, it's not your responsibility to try to save that person from themselves. But that's a perfect example. That's a person who has very low self-worth right there. That's a person who is doing everything they can to esteem themselves highly and even use shock value to try to get your reaction because even your negativity directed towards them, it's like a dog that you put in the, you put in the crate and it cries all night long. And, it, and it, you know even if you were to come and spank that dog, that dog will keep crying because at least you're giving it some form of affirmation. You're coming and spanking the dog. It's negative affirmation, but at least it's hands-on, and, and they'll continue to get your attention. That's what this girl is doing here by talking about, you know, blending up aborted babies and making a smoothie out of them and eating them. And then people like you and me, what are we going to do? Cry to our God about it. See, this is, this is what we're up against here. This is what we're up against. We're sitting here fighting our own esteem battles, and, and we've got people out there who are, you know, breaking through the breaking through the walls that we've built up with this kind of nonsense, and now you've got to deal with it. It's thrust upon you. You can ignore it, uh, which sometimes you should. Sometimes you should just ignore it, because a person like that, in spite of your intervention in their life, that person is on a crash course with death's destiny, one way or another. 
because through all of the bravado and the pink hair and the wild mascara and the nonsensical words and the shock value, that person is going to have to face reality too one day. It's probably not going to be any nicer to her than it has been to you. So, um, uh, <laughs> some people say karma is a bitch. Well, life is a bitch, you know? And uh, I encourage you guys to soften the blows a little bit with a little bit of love, even towards people like that. Now, we can call them out, we can ridicule them, we can mock them. That's just us having a good time here on the show. We can do that. But I don't think she is kicking back and uh, enjoying the live chat on YouTube tonight of the Chad Prather Show. She's probably not a Blaze TV subscriber. I don't, I don't know if you all realize that or not. So we're probably safe to mock and ridicule it a little bit. But at the end of the day, that's why I say, and I truly believe that, that this thing is not, it's not a paradox in my world or in my mind. I think I can love you and make fun of you. God knows I do it with Chris Cruz. I love Chris Cruz, but I give that man a hard time. Chris, are you in the room? There he is. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm so dried out today. That's what she said. Hey, guys, you might remember that uh, recently I've been talking about that all-natural supplement called Liver Health Formula. I tell you how it works. It's, it's going to rejuvenate your liver. Your liver plays a very important job and role in your life. You want to reignite your metabol metabolism. You want to burn fat. You want to boost energy. You want to fight that fatty liver that affects over 100 million Americans. you got to take care of your liver, folks. And uh, the folks over there at uh, Pure Health, they put together this short presentation that shares four warning signs of a damaged fatty liver. You do not want to miss these warning signs. And you can watch the free presentation and learn more about your liver health right now. You just head over to checkyourliver.com slash chat. I want you to do that. Check it out. It's shocking. The, the second thing on the list, very shocking. It's going to open your eyes. Again, go to checkyourliver.com slash chat. We'll be right back. I swear to God, every time you count me in, I cough. I'm perfectly fine until you count me in. And then, I don't know, i got a little tickle thing going on today. It's weird. I'm all dried out. Uh, I don't know what to blame. I do not know what to blame. Uh, I'm ready to go to Arkansas is what I'm ready to do. I'm going to go see my friends in Arkansas. Friday, we're taking the bus up. And, um, yeah. It's going to be a cool weekend, man. I get to go up there to, to Fort Smith, Arkansas, the Majestic. Some of my friends from Bigley, which, of course, we've now we've now put together 76forever.com. It's going to be awesome. We're doing the giveaways. Go over there, buy some stuff. But, but give us your email address so we can stay in touch and tell you about the giveaways that are coming up. And all you got to do, if on our giveaways, all you got to do is, like, if you buy something, like if you buy a hat, then you, you're automatically entered to win. And we don't choose the winner, by the way. The third-party deal, you can see it. It's a third-party deal, completely disconnected with us, so it's legit. We have nothing to do with who gets the, the giveaway, so pretty cool thing. But they're going to come down. They're based in uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas. They're going to come down and hang with us at Fort Smith, and I wish you would, too. If you're anywhere around, come hang out with us, bringing the ragamuffins with me. Um, I wish I could bring uh, um, I wish I could bring Corrine Jean-Pierre with me to a show. That'd be cool, man. Let her DJ a little bit or something. You know, it's called a DJ toilet brush. Yeah, I asked her the other day about why Joe Biden doesn't have a press conference, like why he doesn't come out and really take questions out there with the press pool. And he doesn't. I guess he's conspicuously absent 
I mean, you remember at least Trump, and I didn't like his whole handling of the COVID thing, but at least he came out there every day and, and had a chat. Um, anyway, play KJP. Hear what she had to say. He wanted to see what the questions you all were going to ask him, and he wanted to answer them directly. That has happened multiple times, many times, uh, during this administration, and that will certainly continue uh, to be. When it comes to a formal press conference, we don't have anything to share with you at this time. Uh, it's just one last thing. Yeah, sure. Up. You recognize that as it relates to prior administrations, the president's predecessor, uh, President yeah. Obama, President George W. Bush, uh, long enough to have covered President Bill Clinton, this is not the norm. The norm is we do get an opportunity to ask the questions to the president about domestic and foreign policy issues in a formal setting at some point. Uh, and you choose that point, but we haven't had that opportunity in quite some time. So I'll say this. It is also unprecedented that a president takes as many shouted questions as this president has. And he has. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll certainly, we'll certainly get the data and share that with all of you. I hear, John, I hear your question. I heard Zeke's question. I hear you. I hear you on the press conference, on a formal press, press conference. We get this probably every couple of months when you guys ask us about a formal press conference. I don't have anything to share with all of you at this time. Uh, and, uh, and I'll just, I'll just leave it there. Yeah, you'll leave it there because you don't have an answer. Uh, yeah, he gets more shouted questions because normally the only time he fields any questions is when he's walking to Marine One. There's a helicopter in the background. Or he's standing out there with Al Roker at the Easter egg deal on the on the lawn of the White House. Um, no, and these reporters, and I mean, that, that was a room full of people going, ah, no, 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 no. Will you? Will you? I would hold her feet to the fire on that and be like, where's the data? Where's the data? I want you to show us where he has come in this room and been shouted at more than any other president, any more of his predecessors. Maybe it's because it's so rare that he shows up, which is basically never, that they're anxious to ask the questions before he just leaves the room shaking hands with the invisible ghost. Now, I want you to think of it like this. Imagine you go and you join a church. You go and join a church because you like the pastor. You like the way he preaches. You like the way he teaches. You just like his charisma. When he gets on stage, man, he brings it. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, you install this new pastor, and he's so good, you know. People are joining the church, and then all of a sudden, he just, whoop, he vanishes. Now the associate pastor, who looks like Corinne Jean-Pierre, <laughs> is in the pulpit every Sunday morning. You show up waiting to hear from the new charismatic pastor. It's hard to use the word charismatic even in an analogy referring to Joe Biden. But you, you want it, you want to hear what the guy in charge has to say. You you join this church so he can kind of shepherd your life and guide you down a path. He just doesn't show up. He just keeps sending out a representative from the church every Sunday morning and, and they give us a little message of what that what they think this is what the pastors really say. You'd leave that church, right? You'd get out of that church. You you wouldn't keep coming back to that because you'd know. That dude's sick. Uh, he's incapable. We hired the wrong guy. Uh, any list of the miscalculations that you would assume that you've made in installing that guy in that position, and that's the way it would be. Um, real quick, got to get to it. Uh, the white male getting rejected from the Ivy League college. Play it. If you got it. Did I get into Harvard? No. Come on, just give me something, guys. No. No. Did I get in? Columbia. Dude, I must have done something seriously wrong. Did I get into Stanford University? Oh, 
Oh. Yes, think I got an MIT. I think we got it. I, I did get rejected from MIT. <laughs> did I get into Duke University? No. <laughs> I got. I gotta get into one of these, dude. <laughs> did I get in to Rice University? This tie was leaking my address. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. So that dude had an ACT at 35, which is solid. Not bad. GPA 5.09. Um, ranked number one in his class. Uh, he was a Chad. Now, I, I watched this earlier. My question is, he's so smart. Why did he just lie? Yeah. I would tell every call if I was gay. Who cares? They're yeah. going to let you in. Yeah. He's a straight white male. Yeah. He didn't lie on his application. Gotta learn to play the game. <clears throat> yeah. It's just like, hey, and Ben Shapiro said that when he was at UCLA. He said you walked around with the little blue syllabus and, you, you know, their little progressive playbook that they had out there and everybody carried that thing around. Yeah. He said, I played the game. He wrote, he wrote books based off of his interviews with professors out there by pretending to be a liberal, socialist liberal. That way they would open up to him and give him more information. Um, play the game. Get the degree, baby. Hey, listen, we got a new sponsor to the show. I started taking uh, this Texas Superfoods a while back. They brought it to me a few months ago. And, man, I'm supplemented, dude. I'm telling you what, putting it in this body, I'm a healthy dude. Um, and I like doing business with people that we can trust, people that share our values. And the founder of Texas Superfoods, he's a veteran. He's a Texan. He's a homeopathic doctor who's committed his life to help people who want to, you know, just... Just get out of the American medical system and take their health in their own hands. So he developed Texas Superfoods. It's a vine-ripened, antioxidant-rich, using uh, raw natural fruits and vegetables. And we all learned during COVID how important our immune system is. And we also learned that there is a bunch of crap on the market that tries to fix symptoms to our health issues. The simple truth is that our body, when properly fed, has an amazing ability to ward off and even fight disease. So I take Texas Superfoods every day. I feel great. Don't worry as much about my diet because I know that with Texas Superfoods, my body has what it needs to just keep on functioning. So I want you to give them a try. Two capsules a day. It's easy. Give them a try. TexasSuperfoods.com. TexasSuperfoods.com. We'll be right back. Do it to stay consistent. Oh man, oh man! All right, come see me, Fort Smith, Arkansas, next week down in Montgomery uh, County. We're gonna be, uh, have a good time, man. ChadBraitherLive.com. Chad's Pads. I wonder if ChadPads.com is going to make the FBI watch list. Just Chad Pads. We'll see. There's, there's a lot of toxicity in that. Oh man, oh man! 76forever.com. BlazeTV.com. Slash Chad. Use promo code Chad. Do not forget to go subscribe if you have not already. I want you to sit down with us. I want you to sit down and hang out with me and Wade Trimmer on the overtime uh, tomorrow night. And then uh, more to come, man. We've had some great guests recently. Some great conversations. And I don't want you missing out on that. I do appreciate you guys so much. You guys, I want you to smash that thumbs up button if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, leave us a rating. Leave us a review. I can't tell you how much I care about you guys. I appreciate the live chat. And uh, I love it all, man. You guys, y'all just are interacting with what we're doing, and sometimes you're not even paying attention to the show. And right now I'm trying to see if you're paying attention. So check us out on Overtime, and otherwise have a great weekend. We love you. God bless you. Bye.
let's not sit here and go, it's all U.S. There's no way. There's a lot of Chinese and Russian propaganda where they're, they're trying to make this a lot bigger than it really is. Um, but the majority of especially large transactions in the world still use the dollar. It's 80% still. Um, but where, where I started to get a little tripped up was with uh, when at the beginning of this week, when Marcone, the president, 